talking about technology and education elicits a range of responses from enthusiastic embraces to gag reflexes. And on either end of the spectrum, technology can be problematic. However, with some mindful planning and intention, technology can be a powerful tool in helping you to facilitate teacher growth. Today's wonderful guest is going to help us look at the role of technology in being a partner for teacher growth. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Frederick Buskey. We are all on a leadership journey. Every day, we have a chance to grow. Every day, we have a chance to help others grow. My goal and the goal of this podcast is to help you grow into being a strategic leader, a leader who puts people before purpose, who solves problems instead of treating symptoms, and who understands the difference between progress and action. Through this podcast, my daily email and virtual programs, I'm working to build a network of inspired and inspiring school leaders. Let's get started on today's adventure and this unique opportunity to learn to live and lead better. Jessica Pricing serves as the Assistant Superintendent for Technology Services in the school district of Pickens County in South Carolina. During her 20 years as an educator, Jessica has served as a classroom teacher, instructional technology coach, school administrator, and district leader. Jessica earned her initial undergraduate and master's degrees from the University of South Carolina prior to moving to the upstate in South Carolina, where she obtained an EDS in administration and supervision from Clemson University, where I might add she had some pretty incredible professors. <clears throat> and now she's back at Clemson working on her doctorate. Hello, Jessica. Welcome to the show. Hello, Frederick. It's good to be here. This is a wonderful reunion. It is. It is. So it's been a while. It's been a few minutes. It has been a long time. I think back in 2017, maybe you were yes. in a Clemson cohort. There. Yes. 2016. We graduated 2017. So it's been, yes. Yeah. And now you're all grown up and you're assistant superintendent. <laughs> <laughs> it happened so fast. <laughs> Jessica, we always like to start with a celebration. So what are you celebrating today? Today? I... I Every time technology is working, it is a, a celebration. So today we are here and I can hear you and you can hear me. And that is certainly a celebration. <laughs> we were joking before we started recording that it's 2023 and it still somehow seems shocking when you get on Zoom and everything works. <laughs> yes, indeed. I know you've been passionate about technology for a long time and is there a story that will help listeners understand why you do the work you do? Um, let's see. When I was a math teacher, I, so this is year 20 for me in education. When I started out as a math teacher, I came from student teaching at a Title I school down in Columbia. And we were very uh, resource rich. The principal was excellent. Um, and we had, it was very close to the university. We had some of the best technology around. And so when I started my first year teaching here in the upstate, I was a sixth grade math and math teacher and I had an overhead projector. 
And so at 22 years old, I wrote a research grant for the Smarter Kids Foundation at the time to get a smart board. And it came with a projector on wheels that moved around separately and independently from the board at the front. Um, and it was very small, but I was very proud not to have markers on my hands. And uh, my kids were very excited to be able to come up and interact in new ways. Um, but I guess that was just a really small example. By two years, the one thing I did learn is that two years later, everybody in the whole building got one mm. um, without having to write a grant. So, <laughs> but, um, but really, I think I have been just passionate about finding ways to help leverage technology for the benefit of my students. Mm. Um, and whether that was teaching math or teaching science, I taught both for 10 years. Um, I tried to really help use technology to benefit my kids and yeah. to, you know, um, and to make learning happen. And it sounds like you initiated a lot of this on the own, on your own, which I think explains one of the reasons you're really passionate about bringing this more proactively to teachers. Yes. And so when I, um, I, when I left the classroom, I actually wasn't looking to leave, but my, uh, there was an opportunity where they were hiring instructional technology coaches because our district was looking at going one-to-one -one with technology, which was brand new back at the time. And, um, it was a, just a great opportunity to work with teachers and to try something new. Um, and it taught me a lot. I had the, I had the, I think, unique advantage of working with teachers kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. And not many people get to look at education through that lens fairly early in their career. So, I mean, I say fairly early. I was, you know, 10, 10 years in. But I did get to see K through 12 education alongside of teachers um, at all levels. And I tried to be a bridge builder between them. Um and really one of my passions with technology is how do we how do we move beyond using technology to provide content for students and getting students to use the technology to tell us what they know and to show us what they know um, in, in creative and unique ways. So that's kind of become a passion of mine over time as I transi transitioned from instructional technology coach and working directly with teachers and helping them build those capacities into school leadership. I um I was able to really use those skills for working with teachers just to continue to do the same, but to focus in on one school and to work alongside the teachers and the students in the classroom at the same time was really um, awesome. And I also had a great opportunity to do a lot of professional development with teachers as an instructional technology coach, but I was able to bring those skills with me in, um, as an assistant principal where I was leading instructional uh, professional development, especially as it relates to integrating technology in a meaningful way. Awesome. And you just hit the segue, <laughs> which is how, how can assistant principals use technology in supporting teachers? So you're a master at helping people leverage the power of technology for student learning. And I want to tap into that power, but begin our conversation with one of my passions, which is helping teachers set their own growth goals. And I know sometimes when I talk about that, people will raise those barriers. Like how do we support teachers in, in choosing powerful goals? How do we make sure they choose well? How do we document and support? Like if every teacher has a different goal, how, how do we monitor that? And then how do we help provide resources, especially those which allow those teachers to have some agency in their own learning? So 
I think I'm just going to turn this discussion over to you and then I'll jump in and ask questions or summarize points when I need to. But as an assistant principal, how can I use technology to help support teacher agency in their own growth process? Um, so as an assistant principal, I had a group of teachers every year that I was responsible for supervising and evaluating um, as part of my assistant principalship. And the way I approached that evaluation was more of a growth opportunity than I think anything punitive. So I was able to work alongside teachers and our opening conversations were always associated with um, what are their goals for the year. And really as part of the SLO process, which is where teachers do set um learning goals for students, another question that I always asked is, you know, what, what were they looking for to grow professionally during the year? Um, those conversations were, you know, documented as part of that evaluation process, but it also gave me rich information to know as I'm passing through their classroom in the building and checking in on them, what kinds of resources can I help um, De deliver to that small group of people. Um, as it relates specifically to technology, one of the things that I did as assistant principal was to intentionally integrate instructional technology that teachers would use in the classroom into our learning sessions together or into, you know, our back to school kind of back to school day for teachers, when all the teachers are back, we really tried to model what we wanted to see happening in the classroom in our meetings with teachers, um, especially when we got them together in large groups. Um, I want to, can I jump, I want to jump in and, yeah. and recap because you've already said a couple of things that I think are, are really important. First is thinking about how to leverage the formal evaluation processes mm -hmm. into growth processes. And that's one of our challenges because that formal process really is just, here's the snapshot and here's, here's how we summarize this. And we sometimes miss opportunities to kind of piggyback onto that and then say, okay, here's where we're going to grow. And I love that you began that at the beginning of the year and you began it with asking about their goals and what they wanted. And then how you link to the SLO process, a lot of listeners may not be familiar with that, but it's it's another formal process where teachers identify goals for student growth. And I love, again, how you piggybacked on this formal process and said, okay, if this is what you want for students, what does this mean for you? And then because you had because you were asking the questions and not trying to provide answers, you were listening. And because you were listening, you then knew what to look for when you're going into classrooms and you knew what to look for in terms of in terms of finding those resources that then could support teacher growth. So I just want to highlight that for people so they understand it. You could leverage the processes that sometimes you feel like they're confining you, but you can leverage those. And then the more you ask, the more you listen, the easier this becomes. Well, and it gives you an opportunity to to give feedback that's targeted to people hear what they want to hear a lot of times. Um, it, it's harder to hear the things that they don't want to hear. But um, when you can target the feedback and link it to something that's meaningful to that teacher, it, it works the same as students in the classroom. When you can link to the things that they want to know and that they want to learn, then they're more receptive to that feedback. Um, 
and yeah, think, more likely to use the resources that you share yeah. if they're directly tied to what what they're trying to accomplish. And I think it flips the it it flips the script in that I'm not now telling you I'm your partner I'm supporting you, and that becomes really powerful when as a teacher you walk in my classroom and I know you're here to help me get better in the ways that I want to get better. I, I'm going to be invested in that. Mm -hmm. Um, we also, um, it's interesting that when I was instructional technology coach, one of the things that I tried to do in my second year of coaching was to move toward a more teacher driven professional development model where I could go in and say, all right, tell me like, what, what do you want to learn today? which I thought was going to be really great because I was trying to give them choice. And my first go round with that. So I had this teacher, he came to me and he said, Jessica, I don't know what I don't know. Um, and so giving, answering your question is really hard. And so it, it made me reflect on how I could provide choice to teachers based on what they wanted to know, but at the same time, not make them feel overwhelmed by that decision or limited by their knowledge. Um, in the same way that, you know, when kids are thinking about, I have teenagers now, and when they think about what they want to be when they grow up, if they don't know what opportunities exist, then that's a really hard question to answer. Um, and so I started asking teachers, tell me about what you're going to teach next week, or tell me about the next unit you have coming up, because then I could tie in some technology best practices that they could pick up and use to go along with that unit, or that would fit right in. So it really helped me narrow that choice, you know, provide for the choice and provide for the choice and the flexibility without overwhelming teachers by too much, too much choice and not enough information. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And you're going to have some teachers that know exactly what they want to work on. Mm -hmm. You're going to have those people that really don't have a clue and maybe could do any number of things. I think you're also going to have those teachers who they know how they want their classroom to be different, but they maybe haven't translated that into their own practice. I, I was in a classroom a while back, a middle school math classroom, and the teacher was working really hard and the kids weren't working as hard. They weren't disruptive and they were following her. But when she would ask a question, she wasn't getting that kind of participation. So I could see for her, where she might say, yeah, my students need to be more engaged. And then what we can do is help walk through that conversation and say, okay, what does that look like? And then, all right, what can you do to help get what you want? And then, and then set the goal from there. And then we talk about how I can help you. Mm -hmm. And at the district level now, um, I, I have more, another opportunity, I think, to engage with more teachers. One of the things that I try to do from where I am is to provide options and opportunities. So we have some self-paced options in our built into our LMS where we've built some courses out that teachers can use anytime, any place. Um, we also, through our instructional technology department, 
have what's called, we call the rise challenge, which each month um, it's built off the ISTE standards. And each month we offer some learning around the ISTE standard, what it is, and some tools that can be used to promote that standard. And then teachers have a choice of which tool they want to learn more about. And then they get credit by using the tool and filling out a reflection form about what they did. And um, it's a great way that we can encourage the, the new, the knowledge around the ISTE standards. We can encourage learning about new tools, but at the same time value that teachers all teach different content and different grade levels. So we really try to leverage tools that can be used kindergarten through 12th grade. And we try to showcase how maybe a tool that they already know how to use could be used in a different way. Um, at the school level, when I did things like that, um, typically the teachers responded really well to that. Uh, we also do some digital, like some little badges that they can put, put stickers on a poster, um, which is just a nice way to, for them to keep track of the things that they've learned. Um, but I think knowing that some of our audience is at the school level, assistant principals, don't be afraid to ask the district if you can provide teachers with technology credits or, you know, the learning credits that they need for renewal through the things that you're doing at the school level. Mm -hmm. um, that was something that I was able to do. And that's something that, uh, that our leadership in the school district of Pickens County can do is if they are providing opportunities, they can submit those to us so that we can track that in our system for teachers. That is great. And what a powerful way to, again, kind of facilitate and support teachers doing their own professional development and really seeking out opportunities to grow. So I want to share something I observed a couple of years ago in a school. They had put together a Google Doc. They had every teacher's name on it, and they tracked who was going to observe that teacher. And then they would capture just like a really brief summary of what they saw. And they would talk about the teacher and then talk about what are the goals for this teacher. So I would have liked to see the teacher drive those goals. In this case, it was administration was talking about what they felt they needed to see. But in that process of actually writing stuff down on a shared document where the AP, the principal, and the instructional coach could all see what was being observed and what was talked about, what they discovered was that before that, they would have a situation where all three would visit a teacher within a one or two week span. They'd all do these little observations and then they'd all give feedback and they give feedback about different things. So you can imagine I'm a first or second year teacher and the principal comes in and gives me feedback, says, great job on this. Have you thought about having more group work? And then the assistant principal comes in and says, have you thought about higher level questioning? And then the instructional coach comes in and you know, asks about classroom procedures. And <laughs> so I'm like thinking, wow, what do I, what do I do? And so what this process allowed them to do was to make sure that they knew what they were looking for when they went into teacher's classroom so that they were, they were building on the observations instead of kind of conflicting with each other or conflicting the teacher. 
we did that with, um, for informal observations, just simple walkthrough observations to provide feedback. We used a Google form and then we set it up so that the Google form uh, responses were all kept on a spreadsheet, obviously, that was shared between our admin team with our instructional coach. And then also set it up so that that feedback went directly to the teacher so that as I left the classroom, I could click up you know, click the send button and it would send an email directly to that teacher right away too, which I think gives some transparency to the process so that the teacher's also seeing the information that's being shared. Um, But that was very efficient and effective way. And teachers typically um, appreciated kind of that, that immediate feedback um, and, and knowing kind of what's in our mind. Yeah. uh, Before we, and I think too, I'm a, obviously passionate about instructional technology, but I also often carried around some sticky notes um, because the power of leaving a positive message on somebody's desk when you walk out of the room so that, you know, um, sometimes is a good pick me up too, just so that they know, you know, that you really appreciated the question that they asked the students or the, a certain interaction or their, you know, that you saw their passion for what they were teaching that day. Um, and it, it was often that I would later see those sticky notes still stuck up. And I actually, you know, like I have my own here that people have left me now in my office. Um, but you know, there's, there's something powerful about a handwritten quick note, um, that shouldn't be overlooked. Yeah. I, I like to think about four different forms of observation. And one of them is performative observation, which is really as administrators, we're going in the classroom to watch a performance. So that's not a judgment of you, right? That's an appreciation. So we are specifically going in just to enjoy teaching and learn about what's happening in your classroom, learn about what's happening across the building. And I think those are great opportunities to leave those positive sticky notes just to say, wow, I saw this and it was, I just appreciate it so much and kind of draw that line. Like this is not an evaluative Mm -hmm. observation. I'm just here for my benefit to enjoy seeing what you're doing. And you did this, this was particularly enjoyable to see. And I think too, to take that a step further, one thing that I did as an assistant principal that I think was served multiple functions was that I took pictures and publicly shared the great news about what was happening in classrooms in our building Um, because I felt like it was really part of my responsibility to tell the story. I still, I still see that as part of my responsibility in district leadership Um, is just to tell the story about the great things that were happening. And it served kind of multiple functions in that one, I think teachers appreciated when when they got posted about, right? I would share like, hey, check out what's happening in so-and-so's classroom today. So it, I think a lot of times those teachers took that um, to heart and it, it was a kind of a feel good for them. Second, their colleagues, it was a great way for people to see what other people in the building were doing. So the innovation, the innovations that were happening, the lessons that were happening, um, they could easily connect with like, oh, I want to know more about that. And they could go see that they would know who in the building to go talk to. Um, And then it also allows the community a look at, you know, it sends a certain message to the community about these are the great things happening at our school. Um, and really gives the parents some insight about how their how their students 
learning experiences, what they look like every day. Um, because I, if you know about middle school, then you know that when they go home and they get asked, what did you do today? The answer is always nothing. So, so it usually gives the parents a good starting point. Yeah. I mean, what a great way to break down barriers between teachers. So like you said, there's more transparency and we start to understand what's happening in each other's classrooms, which is going to lead to greater appreciation and breaking down those barriers between parents. So now they're seeing what's going on in the classroom. And I would think in this political climate, that would be more important than it ever has been before at really figuring out, like we have to control the narrative as much as we can. And I'm not a big social media person, but finding those ways to show parents. And I love that it's pictures because that's visual showing parents all the stuff that's happening in the school so that that Facebook post that they read doesn't really jive with what they have seen from what the school's sharing. Correct. And if you're not telling the story of what's happening at your school, you can guarantee somebody else is. Um, so it's, I think it's really important. And like you said, it's now more important than ever. Um, and so that's still a, a huge part of, of my job that I take very seriously is, is being somebody who is out there to share all the good that's happening every day. Okay. So I hadn't planned to go this way, but it seems like a really great thing to talk about. If I'm an assistant principal and I've talked to my principal and we're both good on trying to promote some of that and do more getting the positives out in front of our parents, it sounds like, oh, it's just one more thing to add to my plate. But I also imagine you might have some tips for how we can do that in a very streamlined way. Yes. So I often paired like some of my observations with snapping a quick picture, you know, kind of took care of that while I was on the move in the classroom. So before I left the classroom, instead of it being something that I came back to at the end of the day, it was something that I did in the moment. Um, the other thing is now technology. Um, there are communication tools that schools are now looking at. So our district has invested in, in one where our communication tool is kind of an all-in-one where I can post from, from the app on my phone and it goes to Instagram, Twitter, or X or whatever, and Facebook and the district website and the like school website all with one at one time, which is a powerful tool. So if there are any people kind of at the district level, that's a great way um, to kind of simplify that process for people. It also is the tool that we use to send out alerts and things like that. So it's kind of an all-in-one. Um, I also know of a great assistant principal who might have been my intern and mentee, but she, um, she actually saves up the photos each day and does a daily post, uh, a reel about all of the things, all of the action that happened at school at each day. And she uses the hashtag like 180, you know, 180 days. Um, and so she'll, you know, day one, day two, and she kind of tells the story of her school in that way. Yeah, that's helpful. And, and I think the other thing to encourage people who maybe don't use the social media much is to make a commitment and it doesn't have to be big, just one post or whatever it is and do it for 30 days. 
because I, I know what's happened with me is that I've started to find a rhythm. And so things are becoming faster and I'm starting to figure out how I want to show up on social media. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that then for an assistant principal is thinking about how you want your, your school to show up on social media. Mm-hmm. And it, and it does, when I was assistant principal, it does make a difference in your, the perception of the community, but also we had a teacher who applied, um, she was from Florida and she applied for a posi- a math position and she interviewed with us and she f- interviewed with three other schools and she was a rock star of a teacher. And when we offered her the position, she said, yes, I was hoping you would call because when I saw your post on social media, I know that's where I belong. Mm. So, you know, that's a powerful recruiting tool as well. And something that probably is, is an overlooked way, but to be able to say, Hey, if you want to know more about our school, check us out. Um, and in times of teacher shortage, I think that's going to become more and more and more important, um, in school leadership. What a great point. Jessica, as we start to wrap this up, I have a couple important questions for you. First, what part of your own leadership are you still trying to get better at? Oh, I am trying to get better at finding a good balance. Um, I feel like I'm really um, feeling solid about the people part. That comes very naturally and instinctive to me. I feel like my calling is to take care of people. And so as a teacher, I was taking care of sixth graders. Um, As an instructional technology coach, I was taking care of my teachers as um as an assistant principal, I was taking care of the students and teachers at my school. And sometimes I was helping to take care of their families. And um, now as assistant principal, I have a great team. I am, you know, I'm over, over the entire technology department here in Pickens County and they're great people. And a big part of my calling is to make sure that I take care of them. Um, And I feel calling to take care of our media specialists and and our principals as well. So all of that part comes very easily to me. Um, I think the harder part is being intentional with the other parts of my day and finding time to get all of the to-dos done. I I feel like I know who I am and who I want to be, but taking care of all the to-dos without feeling overwhelmed. Um, and, and really making sure to schedule my priorities is, is a big, is a big challenge. Yay. The mantra of the show, <laughs> manage priorities, not time. That's right. It's easier said than done. Absolutely. It's simple, <laughs> but it's difficult. It is. And, and I'm getting my doctorate now. So, um, you know, it just, just adds more to the list. And so really trying to be intentional about that time and, um, and making sure to not allow myself to be overwhelmed in the moment is yeah, can be a yeah. challenge. Well, congratulations on that. And I'm not surprised. Thank you. <laughs> I th- So far, I mean, I'm only, I'm on my third class. So I'm not, I, I think I'm not quite at the, you know, at the full uphill climb yet, but it'll come. Yeah. Doctoral programs kind of like a three-stage race. You do your coursework. And that kind of wears you out. And then you've got your dissertation or thesis project, whatever you, your program is mm-hmm. requiring. And that's the big lift. And then you've got the pe- the part they don't tell you about, which is after you defend, you're still going to have to go back and clean stuff up. And for some people, that's the hardest, the hardest part is that last bit. 
If listeners could take away just one thing from today's show, what should it be? Um, I think lean in and walk beside people. Um, you know, and especially if you're dealing with teachers who may be uncomfortable with technology, um, or uncomfortable with setting their own goals, if they feel like you're in it together, um, I think that's a win, win for everybody. And I think it, it makes the job more fun. 100%. Thank you, Jessica. Hey, if people want to follow you on, on social media, I know you're LinkedIn, you're on LinkedIn because that's where I am at, but what are some, where could they find you on social media? Um, I'm, I'm, Publicly, I'm also on Twitter or I guess X that they're calling now, but I'm at Prysig Jessica. If you okay. look up at Jessica Prysig, you will get my sister-in-law, who is also a principal and is wonderful. But but there are two of us. And we can laugh because I was teaching you both at the same time <laughs> and sending an email to one of you. <laughs> we we also had children at the same hospital within the same week. So oh my. <laughs> but yes, at pricing Jessica. That's All me. right. Okay. And I'll put that link down below or in the show notes as well. All right. Jessica, this has been great fun. It's so good reconnecting and having you come on and share, I think, some really important things about technology, but also what I love that you brought out were just sound practices on how assistant principals can become strong partners, advocates, and supports for their teachers. All right. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Yes. Anytime. Take care. Thanks. Ask for the one big takeaway. You heard Jessica just talk about leaning in and walking beside people. And if you think back to what you heard throughout this episode, that was the constant theme. In a sense, this episode wasn't about technology. It was about partnering with teachers and helping them grow. The technology is simply a tool to help us do that. I hope you'll reflect more on that today and think critically about how technology can help you support and grow your teachers. As always, thanks for walking your leadership journey with me. You can learn more about the other ways that I support assistant principals and other school leaders on my website at frederickbuskey.com. I look forward to seeing you again on Friday when we play with the week's daily leadership emails. Please remember to subscribe and rate this podcast. Rating the show does help others find it. And if you want to be a super fan, consider leaving a review. I'm Frederick Buskey, and thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Cheers. Mm-hmm.